So, like, this is the, I guess this is the thing. How do you guys feel about a card like this in Commander? Like, if I ran a Commander deck and I'm playing against you and you have, like, your very thematic, uh, like, Mardu, Queen Marchesa deck, and then I slap down a clown car, would you guys care? It would so make no you, difference Why are you to asking me? these questions? Can we just discuss the cards? It's just another card to me. I'll just really cool. answer that question. I'm not even talking about <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Casual Commander. I'm Chris, and we have no Tim today. My man is on the road again, doing his quote-unquote job, and so I'm stuck with, obviously, upgrades. Today, we are actually joined by our lovely social media coordinator, Evie. Hi, everybody. And we also have a very special guest in the form of Tim's better half, Nikki. Hey, everyone. So let's just be clear, both of you guys. The whole reason this podcast was started was because we, Tim and I kept talking to you guys about Magic the Gathering. And you told us both, shut up and go talk to each other about it. That is correct. Yes, we could not take it mm. anymore. And now you're both here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's come full circle. Now, yes, yes, you both know how to play the game. You both honestly talk to me a lot about it now. I mean, Nikki and I text daily about Magic mm-hmm. the Gathering. Yeah, listen to a lot of things about it. Exactly. And so you guys are both honestly experts. It's a loose term expert. here. I'm an expert at posting on Facebook about it. Exactly. But think of how many wildcard Wednesdays you've done now. You must know at least dozens of cards. At least one. At least one card. At least one dozen. Yes. So, we figured we'd have a fun week. The one, the times that Tim loved to be a part of the episodes, he can't be here because he's doing his quote-unquote job. A little rude, in my opinion. Honestly, yeah. Doesn't he know what's important? Yeah, he doesn't. Jeez. So, we're going to talk Unfinity. So, you two, what can you tell me about the Unfinity set? I can tell you that it's the opposite of Infinity. Okay. Well, I believe it is a set that's kind of made for fun. Most of the cards are not playable. Okay. So that we're going to talk about that one in a little bit because Wizards has decided to actually make some of them playable. That's why I said most. Most. Which normally it is all of them. But this time it's not all of them. Which has started quite a controversy, if I do say so myself. Nikki, what's your take on that? On that they're unplayable? No, that some of them are playable. Oh, yeah, good. Let me play with them. Let me have some fun. <laughs> so, what do, Why am I going to spend my money on something I can't use, you know? That's true. You know, you know, you make a good point. Thank you. With that said, I guess, why don't we, we're just going to do kind of like a discussion on some of the cards, or we're going to talk about some of the fun new ones that came out. You know, let's, let's just kind of have fun with this episode. What do, you, what do you ladies think about that? I'm only here to have fun. Good. I don't do serious. Okay, good. Good. All righty. So, one thing I think it's important to discuss is the difference between what's going to be a legal card and what's a not legal card. So, in the past, the unsets, right, unsanctioned, unglued, unhinged, all those other ones, they actually had a different border around the card, where they had a silver border. Now, if you look at some of the cards... 
The difference is in the stamp at the bottom of the card. So looking at some of them, you can see a lot of them have what looks like an acorn-shaped stamp on the cards. See kind of like down in the middle bottom? If it has an acorn shape, that means it is a non-eternal legal card. If it has the standard oval shape, that means it is a legal card. So that's how you're going to be able to tell the difference. Chris, what is the significance of the acorn? So in Magic's history, the squirrels have been typically the joke unhinged, unglued. So there's tons of fun, like, unset squirrels. So they've kind of just adopted the the acorn as a goof symbol. What about Chitterfang? Chatterfang is a legal chatter Chitterfang. There's a you combine Chitterfang and or you oh my gosh you combine you combined Chitter Spitter and Chatterfang, which okay well I invented a really awesome card. You did. I think Chatterfang is one of my favorite cards. You can have that one for free, Magic. Go right ahead. Chitterfang. That sounds like it's going to be an unset card. We actually do have squirrels in this unset, and they're eternal legal. So we're going to take a look at those cards. Okay, have they made a shirt that says, I'm a little nutty? They should if they haven't. That's gold. (laughs) This is why you're the social media coordinator. Because I would have never thought of that. Who wants a shirt? And then there's an acorn in the middle. I just, yeah, tagline. Good. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Our... Graphic designer, please design a shirt that says, I'm feeling nutty. You got it. I'm on it. All right. Thank you. So <clears throat> some of the some of the cards in here are actually are pretty good. Uh, one of the things one of the things that I think in the past that have typically s- caused unsets to sell, right, because it's not eternal legal, other than like the first pre-release draft world are the lands. So they always typically produce really, really, really pretty be- like beautiful lands in these sets, and that's typically what sold the packs. So, yes, you did not tell me that Fibblethip is in this deck. In this deck, do you mean the set? Whatever, in <laughs> the set. <laughs> there is a Fibblethip appearance, yes. Yes, yeah, super duper lost, which I feel like encapsulates my personality pretty well. And also, Fibblethip is just a clutch character. He really is. We still need to do the episode on him. The fact that you haven't is a little hurtful, honestly. And I think he's in a bunch of stuffed animals, which I also identify with. Yeah, he's he's lost in a gift shop. So the whole theme of Unfinity is you are in a space-themed amusement park. Like The art is really cool. Yeah. I guess we're going to talk about the lands later. <laughs> well, do you want to do you want to look at some of the cards that are in this theme? So one of the things you're going to see there's the two big things they introduced in this are stickers and attractions. I have a comment. Okay. Go, sure. So this is probably the English major in me, but it's petting zookeeper. So not like petting zookeeper, petting zookeeper. Yeah, I think They're it's like a, a petting zoo. Zookeeper of petting. Doesn't a keeper sense. of a petting zoo. But then it would say petting zookeeper. It doesn't say that. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they're petting the zookeeper. Like, that's weird. Is that what they're saying? They're petting the zookeeper? I mean, if you read the flavor text on the card, it says calling it a petting zoo really saved on cages. So maybe it's just maybe. a zoo full of women that they're just petting. Or Why men. women? Or men, because it's a woman in the art. Oh. Yeah, I think it's a petting zoo, but you're petting the zookeepers. That's and like the a, animals <clears throat> yeah. take care of the zookeepers. It's like a two-way petting zoo. You pet them, they pet you back. 
That's an office reference. That's, nice, though. that's an office reference for all of our fans. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I didn't. Just so, confused by the wording there. Well, so attractions and <laughs> stickers. The attractions are kind of going to be the thing that turns into, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them. They're essentially, there's like an additional step. If you open an attraction, you get to roll a die. And then you can go to the attractions on the numbers that you roll, right? So, for example, if an attraction has, like, 1 through 6 and 1, 3, and 5 are lit up. If you roll a 1, 3, or 5, you could visit that attraction and do the ability. Some of the attractions are eternal legal. Some of them are not. So, for example, uh, the card Swinging Ship says, Whenever you visit it, after the first combat phase this turn, there's an additional combat phase. At the beginning of that combat, untap all creatures that attack this turn. And that is an eternal legal card. So the idea is you get, um, it's kind of like the planar chase deck or something similar to that where you get, you come with like an additional deck of 10 attractions that you randomize and flip up as you attend attractions and things like that. So Nikki, what do you, what do you think that's going to do to the, to the long term of commander? Do you think that's going to make a big splash or do you think that's not really going to play that much? Um, I mean, I feel like instead of just having one commander, you're going to have like really six different options that you can go to, right? Because you can either go to one, two, three, or four, five, six, or no, it's even odds. So one, three, five, or two, four, six, right? No, I, so Which each each of the attractions is going to have a, a, a unique set of numbers on them. Oh, so, so what, it's not yeah. just like even. Correct. Yeah. So it's it's when you roll the die, whatever you roll, any attraction that has that number, you can visit it. Yeah. And then you use whatever. Just you just do it's the ability of it. Do. exactly. Yeah, so it's giving you more options, so you're not just pigeonholed into whatever your one commander is telling you to do. So I think more options is better. Do you think the fun and the utility of the attractions is going to outweigh the additional efforts to play and manage them? I mean, yeah, it's gonna it's definitely gonna be more complex, but I think it's going to depend on what kind of night you're trying to have. If you're trying to have a simple, easy, breezy night, maybe you stick to commander very easy you know what's going to happen it's something you've played before but if you want to try something new and you want to take something more seriously then yeah add some complexity into it okay so add some complexity into the commander with harder commander well the commander doesn't have to be harder it's just more complex (laughs) because you're juggling more things you're learning how to multitask that's that's true this is teaching you some soft skills you know I, i like the way you think about it that's honestly a really good point Thanks. Evie, what's your take on the card like Ferris Wheel? It's an attraction. It says, when you visit it, choose target creature that hasn't been phased out with Ferris Wheel. That creature phases out until you roll a three or less while rolling to visit your attractions. Chris, I don't want to answer that question. I want to talk about Glitter Flitter (laughs) and and why that will be my legally changed name starting tomorrow. Glitter flitter. I support that. You may get that on your license. This is glitter flitter. Do you mind? Do you mind? Would you? Would you be willing to read that card out for our listeners? Of course. It is a creature fairy performer. It has flying, and glitter flitter enters the battlefield. You get. I don't know what that symbol is. Ei, and you may put a sticker on a non-land permanent you own. In the flavor text, there are no small parts, only small performers. <laughs> the best thing I've seen in, a, in the last hour. Um, <laughs> what color is the card, Evie? 
blue. It's blue. Flitter, flitter. And it is one word, not two words. Okay. So that card is, so what you're seeing there, that's a symbol for a ticket. And that ticket is how you're able to buy the stickers. So each sticker costs a number of tickets. There's tickets and attractions and stickers. Does this come with real stickers? This comes with real stickers. Are they better? Are they sparkly, glittery stickers? No, they're they not. Be. They're not sparkly, glittery stickers. I'm sorry. Oh, but who can, there I, are... who can I send a complaint email about that to? Because uh, that is a missed opportunity. I'm sorry. I don't there have anything. Not. I don't have anything else to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> you're not sorry. There are actually 48 unique sticker sheets. That's amazing. That's a lot of sticker sheets, right? That's and a each lot. sticker has each sticker sheet has three names, three random stickers, two. Uh, text box stickers and then two power and toughness combinations. So the idea is whenever you can place a sticker, you need to be able to pay the ticket cost of that sticker to put it on a permanent. Whatever that ticket cost may be. There are a lot of puns in here and oh my gosh. I'm so happy. You're saying there are a lot of puns? There are a lot of puns. I just came across Ambassador Blorperty Blorp Boop. Yeah, that's. I wouldn't call that a pun, Evie. <laughs> I, I know it's not, but I just saw that and I had to say it out loud to see what it sounded like. Yeah, it's Ambassador that. Blorpity Blorp Boop. Okay, but no, there are a lot of puns. Let me just scroll back up and I will find one. Hold on. Okay. I mean, um, here's like here's vegetation the... abomination. Vegetation carnival, abomination. Carnivore. Yeah, they're having fun with it. There's a Blorbian yeah, buddy. I'm like not even looking at the names. I'm just in awe at this artwork. So there's actually a card in the set called Art Appreciation. Okay, that's the card that I need. Okay, Here's unfortunately, like it's an... not legal. Ugh. But there there's are an some autograph book. Yeah, so that one's really fun. You want to read it out, Ev? It's an artifact. Autograph book enters the battlefield with a page counter on it for each person who has signed it. Um. Three and an arrow thing. Tap. Remove a page. Three and tap. Three and tap. Three and tap. Remove a page counter from autograph book. Draw a card. And then, (laughs) it was a pleasure to meet me, Captain Rex Nebula. (laughs) So, Captain Rex Nebula is kind of like the play on the the captain from Futurama. So, he actually has a card in here. The full arts are really pretty, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I was saying. If you scroll down, you'll see 10 of the basic lands, but look at those absolutely gorgeous basic lands. There's one for there's two for plains, two for island, two for swamp. Like they are beautiful. Are these and the stickers at the bottom? The ones with the yeah, those are all the stickers. So you can see you can put some funny stickers on your card cards. And actually stickers are eternal legal. Similar to attractions. So you could be playing a game of commander and have someone put stickers on your card. So I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like if someone wanted to put stickers, I mean, wizards has come out and said, the stickers are there for representation. If you need to use something else, use something else, right? Like a counter or a piece of paper or a die or something like that. But still like, you definitely have to agree with people ahead of time. If you're going to put stickers on their cards, because some people pay a lot of money. Exactly. I'm not going to want a random sticker on them for forever. So. Well, so the the, they... idea, the stickers are easy to remove. They're kind of like they're kind of like those stickers that you put on like your windshields or like on your windows for decoration and things like that. Like a vinyl sticker. Yeah, 
But the problem is people from the pre-release were, were like reporting they're only good for like three times. Yeah, they so you, lose their stickiness. Exactly. Yeah. And they were showing actually on some of the um someone posted a picture on Reddit of their their etched etched foil card. Someone put a sticker on it and it pulled off some of the etched foiling. So mm. yeah. Do right. not recommend putting stickers on your etched foil cards. So I just found my favorite pun. Okay. Disemvowel. So it's a sorcery. Destroy target creature. That creature's controller loses one life for each unique vowel in the creature's name. The vowels are A, E, I, O, U, and Y. The flavor text is, without vowels, no one can hear you scream. I kind of just actually scream like, mmm. Yeah, that's how you scream. That's how I scream. That's how I scream. I just imagine you in like a haunted house and someone jumps out at you and you're like, mmm. It's delicious. That's, that's what they should be saying to you to try to scare you. Mmm. Mmm, <laughs> scary. Mm. That's how they sound if they have that big, like a big mask. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, there's a lot of, there's an interesting, I, in, my, in my honest opinion, I don't think attractions are going to become very much of a commander staple. I think they're kind of, they're similar in the, ter- in the vein of dungeons where I feel like some people might run them. I'm not going to play them. I'm not going to be against people who do play them. But they're just not for me. I don't know, Nikki. Do you think you're ever going to make a deck based around attractions? I would because it sounds fun. Okay. There's an added little spice to it. Oh. A little bit of character. I like that. But it also sounds a lot more complicated than a game that I already lose every time I play. Okay. Okay. So it's do I want to have fun or do I want to try to win is what I have to think about. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you is you don't think the attractions are actually competitive enough well no i'm saying i think they're over they're very complex okay and it's so it's more complex than a game that i'm already bad at okay so you you think that the okay so the the attractions are actually and the stickers are really just adding more complexity to a game that doesn't need more complexity for me for for For, for a beginner so, so for everybody, you're trying to say that there's too much complexity in this game and they continue to add more to it. Interesting. I, I mean, yeah, but but for the experts, someone who, you know, really knows what they're doing, I think that this would be a fun little challenge. Okay. Wow. You heard it here, folks. Nikki thinks that attractions are too complicated. <laughs> what? I don't know. The face that Evie's giving me right now makes me feel make like I should... Time? No, I'm just having Nikki give a hot take. I don't know. It's so the thing down, is, I think. <laughs> so I guess for my opinion, for for attractions, it really you're going to have to really build a deck around attractions, which means to me that your whole deck is going to be unset cards because nothing else in the world of Magic makes attractions. Which therefore, there's really only one particular commander that's going to make attractions work and that's myra the magnificent so you're saying there's not going to be enough unique decks that you can make correct I, yeah i i think that gotcha. like you're not really gonna if, if i'm playing commander right it's a hundred card deck of singleton mm-hmm. cards i'm not gonna put one or two attraction cards in a deck because it doesn't doesn't add anything it doesn't really benefit me right why add the additional complexity of the attractions but isn't the point of playing these you play other people against just an infinity deck 
So, so I'm, I'm like in the world of Infinity. Yeah, the idea is they're designed specifically for playing against each other with the Infinity. However, because some of these cards are eternal legal, that means that they can go into Commander decks. So I could take the Necron deck I just built and put an attraction card into that deck, as long as that card has that oval stamp or knows Acorn on it. Basically, it just can't have an Acorn. You know what I mean? But but I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't really benefit me to have a single attraction in the deck because like now I got to carry 10 more cards around and worry about that and everyone's going to get confused. So it sounds like you agree with me that this is adding a lot more complexity that's not needed. Exactly. That's why I restated what you were saying. Mm-hmm. I wasn't disagreeing with you. Abby out here making me seem like I'm trying to call you dumb. I ain't doing that. Better not be. That's right. I would never call you dumb Tim's better half. You're from Maryland. Where did that come from? Boy, howdy. Yeah, you're from the South. You're supposed to be nice. Maryland it's, is not the South. It's below the Mason-Dixon line. It is line. below the Mason-Dixon line. By definition. Yeah, we're from she the has South. has to be nice to me. We're from the South, Ev. I don't agree with that. I'm sorry, ma'am. Okay. Um. So I would like to discuss more of these excellent puns. Can I read Mirror the Magnificent, though, if for the people that do want to build an attraction-based deck? Fine. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. That's your podcast. All right. Well, she is two blue-red for a 2-4 human performer. When you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, open an attraction. Then she has X and tap. Exile target instant or sorcery card with mana value X from your graveyard and choose an attraction's you control that doesn't have a midway counter on it. Put a midway counter on it. Whenever you visit that attraction, copy the exiled card. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. That so isn't. Is this, like, is this like playing Roller Coaster Tycoon, but in Magic? Winning attractions? Kind of, yeah. I mean, the whole idea is a theme park. We're at, we're at a space themed theme park with blippity. And the goal is to get everyone to throw up. There is a throw up card. I mm-hmm. saw it. Oh, is, oh, yeah, yeah. There is motion sickness. Yes. There's yeah. motion sickness. Obviously, Myra the Magnificent is an amazing card if you're going for a full attraction theme because it gets you all kinds. I mean, you're an is it, right? Which means you're going to have tons of instants, tons of sorceries that you can copy. And so the idea is you're trying to slap down as many attractions as you can, get all kinds of free casting, all kinds of fun stuff. Yay, attractions. Go ahead and talk about your throwing up card. Yay, attractions. Sorry, you said that, Nevian, and I just, like, I feel like we locked eyes. You did because you did jazz mm-hmm. hands. I did do jazz hands. You said yeah. it. Go ahead and read your vomit card. Oh, I wanted to do some of the awesome puns. Okay. You have... Yeah, let her do that because yeah. I started scrolling again and I lost the card. Look for like, your, what are some puns? Arrow dice lost, which is like the fuzzy dice. And then ballerina, which is a ballerina um, sheep, a discourtesy clerk, clerk, discourtesy clerk, omniclown colossus. I like it. Hot centaur of attention. There's night shift of the living dead. We should probably read what some of these cards do instead of just reading the name of them, huh? <laughs> I do want to say some of these cards look like if Toy Story 4 was a horror movie. Like, Robo Pinata looks like the end when they're all... Well, I don't want to give away the ending, if you haven't seen it yet. When all the toys are together. It's been, like, 15 years. I think we can spoil that. Toy Story not, 4? Not, 
that long, yeah. but it's been. I don't think it's. Years. It's been it's several been a while. years. Yeah, it has, but Mixed at the it. end when all the toys are together in the sad part of the movie, that's what Robo Pinata reminds me of. I'm amazed. This guy's just smiling in a very creepy way. He kind of is. Like he knows he knows you're about to die. You want to read that one off? And he's Mickey? fine with it. Uh, read it. Yeah. Um, it's an artifact creature. It's a clown robot. When Robo Pinata dies, choose one. You get two tickets. You may put a sticker on a non-land permanent that you own. His quote is, I am filled with delicious candy. I am not a trick. You cannot tell me that that's not something out of your nightmares. I mean, a little bit. I mean, like, he he's filled with delicious candy. Like, what's what's wrong? We, we want to beat him up. Beat him up. That's like... Who was that guy in the 70s or 80s or something who started putting the razor blades in the candy? That's the kind of candy that he's filled with. Oh, the reason... The reason you have to check your candy. Your kid's candy. Oh, it's not real. That never happens. One time as a kid, I opened up a candy and there was a whole buoy knife in my Snickers bar. See? It happens. It happens. I found a banned book in my candy one time. Oh my gosh. Good. I hope you read it and I hope you learned from it. (gasps) What book was it, Evie? Uh, the color purple. I understand. There's no purple candy. Nerds, maybe. Book. Nerds, Grape maybe. Grape Jolly Ranchers. Grape Jolly Ranchers. Honestly, jeez. Oh, I'm amazed that you guys have not seen Comet Stellar Pup yet. I have. He's on my list. And you didn't even bring him up. I have a comment about pinatas. What's your comment about pinatas, Ev? Growing up, I always wanted an animal pinata, but my mom would not let me because... She felt it would teach me to like hit animals, which I don't understand because I love animals. Always have. I would never hurt an animal. There's lots of pinata shapes that aren't animals. I know, but she never would let me buy an animal shape one. Even if oh. I was like, oh, I want this cat one or whatever. She'd be like, no, because then we have to beat it with a stick. <laughs> I mean, that's accurate. No. You, you do have I, to beat them with sticks. I'm just saying it's just a... I was always so sad because I could never have my animal pinata because my mom felt it was too realistic. And though it well, Chris, now you know what she wants for her birthday. It's an I'm, animal pinata. I'm, I'm, oh, now I probably can't do it because I'll be like, no, nah, I'll disappoint my mom. I can't do it. If you oh, blindfold the... yourself, you won't know the difference. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to hang up a pinata <laughs> of, of something, right? And then while you're blindfolded, yeah, right. I'll switch it out with a dog, like a dog pinata. Not a live dog, yeah, trust me. Dog. Not a real dog. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find a puppy and string no, that thing no, up. No, no. <laughs> Chris, you're gonna be put on a list after this episode. I'm the one that's gonna be put on a list. Yeah. Okay, probably. Well, anyway, I'm gonna read out Comet Stellar Pup because I absolutely love this card and it's adorable. I'm gonna read it. Two white, red for a legendary planeswalker, Comet. He starts with five loyalty, and he has a zero ability. Roll a six-sided die. You roll a one or a two. He gets plus two loyalty. Then create two one-one green squirrel creature tokens. They gain haste until end of turn. If you roll a three, you get minus one. Then return a card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to your hand. If you roll a five or a six, Comet Stellar Pup deals damage equal to the number of loyalty counters on him to a creature or player, then minus two. And if you roll a six, plus one, and you may activate Comet Stellar Pup's loyalty ability two more times this turn. One thing I do want to say, 
He is eternal legal, which means Comet Stellar Pup is an, a legitimate planeswalking dog in the Magic the, Uni- Magic the Gathering universe. Is an illegitimate? Is a legitimate. Okay, I heard he's a illegitimate. <laughs> he is a, so like, obviously, this means that in the Magic lore, he exists in this universe. So, but then he exists, but none of the other characters do? Sometimes, no. It's very confusing. What was his loyalty again? Five? Starting at five. Yep. Starting at five. I mean, What's four the max? Ma- max? There's no max to loyalty. Okay, because he should be the max loyalty. He's a good boy. Oh, you think we should up his loyalty some? Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is a really good planeswalker. It's a little random with the die roll, but if you roll, you could theoretically, you could, you could theoretically do this ability an infinite number of times. I need to put him in your cat dog deck. I do, absolutely. The only downside is he himself is not a dog, which is funny, right? Because he, he doesn't have dog in his type line. He has Comet in his type line, so he is not a dog, even though he is a dog. His type is Comet. Oh, I thought that was just his name. No. No, his his literal type is Comet. So, like, there's he's not going to play Synergy. If I have a card that's like, when you play Target, when you play Dog, he's not going to synergize with that. So he's a space ball? He's a stellar pup. Look at him. I'm looking at spelling bee right now because it's Oh amazing. my god. Hold on, let me find him. He's a comet in the shape of a dog. Sure. I mean, that's probably fine. A good way to describe him. We also got a number of legendary creatures that can be commanders. Uh, another one is the most dangerous gamer. Two black green for a 2-2 human gamer guest. This is actually the first set that we're going to have guest I believe, and Gamer. There's actually a lot. There's a lot of new subtypes that they're releasing in this that are Eternal Legal, which is very interesting. The Most Dangerous Gamer has Death Touch. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, open an attraction. Whenever you open an attraction, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Whenever you claim the prize of an attraction, destroy target permanent. So actually, I guess earlier I said Myra the Magnificent was really the only attraction commander. The Most Dangerous Gamer actually is not that bad either uh, if you wanted to fully delve into the attraction universe okay there is a card called embiggen i'm just it's it's in one ear out the other for you today isn't it evie i don't i don't care (laughs) chris is over here trying to build a deck i'm trying not allowing it these cards are they're so funny it's an instant until end of turn Target non-brushwag creature gets plus one, plus one, super type, card type, and subtype it has. And the flavor text is flea circus? No, flea circus. Like, starts off flea bug and then flea, like, run away. And it's embiggen. <laughs> embiggen. <laughs> All right, that's my middle name. So I'm glitter embiggen flitter. Glitter embiggen flitter. Yes, that's my new name. I will not be calling you that. I will. All right, Nikki, for the rest of this episode, please refer to Evie by her full name every time you address her. Flitter and begin flitter. (laughs) Love it so much. So good. I have another question, Chris. Sure. Are they hiring the employees at this theme park? Because I have seen a vampire. I've seen a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. How are they finding all of these people? They're just out and about. They're in space. There's no limit to the... Are there space dinosaurs? Yeah. Space vampires? Absolutely. Space zombies? And then, 
standard procedure just looks like a random standard human lady. Would you like to read that one out, Nikki? Sure. Standard procedure is an instant. Um, reveal standard procedure from your hand. Choose an instant or sorcery card with mana value three or less currently legal in the standard format. Standard procedure comes becomes that card until end of turn. So Can it lightning bolt yet? So technically, this card can be. There was um. So one thing that Mark Rosewater, the the lead designer of Magic, uh, he likes to do a spoiler season where he kind of gives like little tidbits about what the new cards are going to be, and so you're kind of like guessing. And he likes to put in like new taglines or things that had never been done before, kind of thing, to kind of like drive up hype for the new set. This one was hyped up by saying this card can be one of over two hundred and fifty cards. Unfortunately, this is not an eternal legal, so it's really only legal in Infinity. But yeah, she's just there getting tickets. Now, a card I mean, that you need someone. That's yeah, true. A card that is eternally tickets. legal is Clown Car, which is right next to Standard Procedure, which is actually going to be a very strong vehicle for vehicle-based decks. And I'm, I know a lot of a lot of people are probably going to give me flack for this one, but I'm debating putting it in my my vehicles deck. Do it. It's a vehicle. You're right. Yeah, I should. Why be mad about that? You're right. I like the way you think. Okay, great. It's a vehicle. Put it yeah. in a vehicle deck. Yeah. Makes sense to me. It costs X for a 1-1 vehicle. When Clown Car enters the battlefield, roll X six-sided die. For each odd result, create a 1-1 white clown robot artifact creature token. For each even result, put a plus one plus one counter on Clown Car. I mean, this is just a really, really good mana sink. Yeah, you know, you, good. yeah, you get you figure out a way to make like eight, ten mana. You get five clowns and a six, six vehicle out of it. Heck yeah, um, get the clowns. Yeah, round them up, running around. Yeah, they're clowning around. <laughs> it does. It does say crew two. I forgot about that. So I mean, but if I ever like put this card in a deck, obviously I'm just going to use all of the clowns to crew the vehicle because that's what I'm going to, because it's a clown car. That's what I would do. Exactly. It's only crew two. It's not bad. I mean, the clown car, it runs on laughing gas. It does. That's the punchline. See, like... Even <laughs> accrue a lot of Let's clowns. try not to laugh out loud at it. So, like, this is the... I guess this is the thing. How do you guys feel about a card like this in Commander? Like, if I ran a Commander deck, and I'm playing against you, and you have, like, your very thematic, uh, like, Mardu, Queen Marchesa deck, and then I slap down a clown car, would you guys care? It would so make no you, difference Why are you to asking me? these questions? Can we just discuss the cards... It's just another card to me. I'll just really answer cool. that question. I'm not even talking about. Because <laughs> we're speaking a different language. All right, fine. Let's go back to Ambassador Blorpity Blorp Boop. Can we talk about Haunted House? There's yes. a Haunted House card? Yes, let's talk yes. about it. It's one of the attractions. It's an artifact. So it says, visit, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste. Exile it at the beginning of your next end step. And then the flavor text, which I would like to explain, Chris. To build Soren's haunted mansion, every detail of Markov Manor was painstakingly recreated from the floating laser ghost to the robot space gargoyles. What deck is Soren, what, or what world is Soren from? Well, sounds like our social media coordinator hasn't listened to the episodes that have been put out about this podcast. I probably have, but we had an entire know. episode about Soren Markov, Evan, Evie. Well, that's cool. you just call me Evan. I I did. He sure did. There's a guy at work that's named Evan that I've been calling him. That's a lot. not my name. Um, anyway, 
Wow, he's mixing you up with some guy at work. We're married. I understand that. Okay, anyway. Chris is um, never going to invite us back again. So I recognize the guy's name. So Soren Markov is a vampire. He's one of the vampire planeswalkers. He lives on the plane of Innistrad in a mansion. Uh, The mansion was recently taken over and then used for a wedding where his granddaddy, Edgar Markov, was going to be marrying Olivia Voldaren. But luckily, and this is all in the Crimson Vow set, but luckily a bunch of planeswalkers and some other people were able to stop it from happening and to bring light back to Innistrad. So his house is not haunted? Oh, his house is super haunted. It's filled with dead people. So he has floating laser ghosts and robot space gargoyles? So those are a stretch. I'm going to go ahead and say he doesn't have floating space gargoyles, but I bet he does have ghosts. He definitely has zombies. There's definitely zombies there. I just like how they're tying everything together. Okay. I, I appreciate that. You think that, so you're, so, Evie, do you think a lot of thought went into making this set, you know, cohesive? Well, obviously. Okay. It's all very on theme. Okay. Interesting. I don't think anybody would say it's not cohesive. You? No, I think it's pretty cohesive. I think, obviously, it's very thematic, but my only concern is the fact that there are a mixture of eternally legal in unset cards. This is new precedent for the unsets and it will be interesting to see but i mean cards have gotten banned before after they come out is that correct yes so that could happen that's true i i'm interested to see what they're going to do so right now because they're eternal legal the i don't think the rules committee is going to go ahead and ban all of the unset cards you know what i mean because that would hurt the sales you know like right now why do i why, why Why? would I go buy a box of Unfinity other than to just draft with friends, right? Like if I'm a collector, if I'm if I'm trying to buy cards, why would I not just try to go buy the singles online? Let someone else open the boxes. You know what I mean? Which actually I would say holds true for most people. Tim and I are just filthy, filthy people that just love to open packs. We are filthy gamblers, as I like to call it. We're we're degenerate gamblers. Okay. Um, I would like to read the flavor text for Fortune Teller. Why not read the whole card? Yeah. I mean, it's like four words. So it's Artifact Attraction. Is it Scry 1? That's the whole card. The flavor text, though, it's in all caps. Today's fortune. You will regret spending your money on this fortune. (laughs) You know, I do. I do already regret my money. Could you imagine going to a fortune teller and the first thing she says is, you're going to regret this because I'm about to waste your money. I mean, why can you speak up? You're like, that was wrong. Yeah, what do you do? (laughs) What do you do in that situation? I guess you just just pay up and say, I guess I'm done. Yeah, just accept your losses, I guess. I just think this set is super fun. Absolutely. I think, and and one of the nice things about unsets is they do tend to be very self-referential. And they like to be self, you know, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Where they like to make fun of themselves. Self-deprecating. Self-deprecating. There you go. Thank you. So a card, right, one of the things in in Magic, right, there are what's called Tron lands, which are the Urza lands. In our case, you have, like, Urza's Saga, Ur- Urza's Tower, Urza's Power Plant, Urza's Mine, all these, like, super powerful land cards that they've printed in the past. So there's a, 
a new a land that came out. Unfortunately, it's not eternally legal. But it says Rangeling. This card is every land type, including plains, islands, swamps, mountain, forest, desert, gate, lair, locus, and all those Urza's ones. It says nearby planet enters the battlefield tapped. When nearby planet enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless you play one or pay one. So it's kind of just like one of those like standard. It can be any lands, but you have to pay it to bring it out. But I just love the fact that it says and all those Urza's ones because they're just like, we don't feel like typing all those out. Probably can't fit them. Oh, yeah, because there's so many of them. Yeah, it's like when you're trying to make yourself sound smarter in an essay. And so you just list three things and then put etc. It makes it sound like, you know, the whole list. Exactly. You, you know, what's what's one? I, I, I keep going back to the office. You know, you could ask me, what are the 10, the 10 best things to do in business? And I would say, blah, 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 with the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Kelly, thank you for that good joke. Indy Kaling. Abby, looking through the set, what would you say is your favorite card out of the whole set? So the one I was actually really drawn to, let me scroll down to it, is actually one of the attractions. Um, it's merry-go-round. I just think the art is really cool. It's interesting. So the the flavor text on picture does not match what's to the right of it in the text. Which one's right? What do you what? Like on, when I click on merry-go-round, it shows the the image of the card, like the scan, and then to the right, it's written down. Yeah, so this is interesting. The merry-go-round, the attractions have multiple versions of the same card. Oh, right. So okay. what, one thing you'll notice is in the one picture you're looking at, the two and the six are lit up, but in a different picture, the five and the six are lit up. And different versions of the attractions have different flavor text. Well, actually, they're both very funny, but do you want me to read it? Sure. So it's Artifact Attraction. Visit creatures you control with power two or less gain horsemanship until end of turn. They can't be blocked except by creatures with horsemanship. Um, And so the two versions of the flavor text, the first one is, after the first rotation, the dressage phase begins. And the other one, which um, I really like, Ensconced in a slow time bubble that makes a five-minute ride take nine hours, the carousel is a very popular childcare option. Dude, I would put him on that all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. I just really, um, I really connected with that art, and it reminds me of the carousel at where I used or where I still go to the beach every summer. So I think that's my favorite one. Cool. I mean, that's. I mean, horsemanship in, in itself is just an amazing ability. Basically, it's just a really, 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 really good form of evasion because there's not a lot of stuff out there with horsemanship. So any giving if you visit and you successfully visit that one, giving your stuff horsemanship is huge, especially when you have a board of like white weenies. Right. So you have your clown car. You have your 27 clowns. You give all of your clowns horsemanship. Easy win. You know what I mean? Easy peasy. You know what I mean? Nikki, what's your favorite card? You know, that's a really great question. I like a lot of the cards because I really like a lot of this artwork. But I'm going to be biased and say that my favorite card is the Complaints Clerk because it is clearly the sloth at the DMV from Zootopia. And I love that movie. Flash, flash, 100-yard dash. (laughs) You want to read it out? Um, Sure. Complaints Clerk is a creature, beast employee, uh, when Complaints Clerk enters the battlefield, open an attraction. 
put the top card of your interaction deck onto the battlefield. Whenever you roll a 1, create a 1-1 one, one white clown robot artifact creature token. The longest lines in the park are at the complaints counter. <laughs> Did you read it so well? Did I? What color is this? Oh, there it is. It's yeah, uh, it, it 100% it's white. white. Huh. Yeah, it 100% is a sloth. It would 100% yeah, it's like a sassy, sloth, it is is a sassy sloth, which is better. Yeah, I like that one. That one's fun. Yeah. I think the my favorite card from this set, which is actually a really interesting card because it is Eternal Legal. Your card your card is Eternal Legal, Nikki. And actually, your card too, Evie, was Eternal Legal. This one is called Saw in Half. Just called Saw in Half. Two and a black for an instant. Destroy target creature. If that creature dies this way... Its controller creates two tokens that are copies of that creature, except their base power is half that creature's power, and their base toughness is half that creature's toughness. Round up each time. Flavor text says, the audience always loves it, but the volunteers are divided. <laughs> <laughs> that one's pretty good. I like that. Well, that one actually reminds me, because another one I was thinking of saying was my favorite. Oh, now I have to find it. Hold on. It has a giraffe on it. And it's, oh, here it is, bar entry. And it's basically saying, destroy target creature with any part of its head higher than the bar. Align the tops of both cards to check. And it says, you will either begin or end the ride no taller than this. Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's a good that flavor. Their yeah. flavor text in this is on point. It really is. Oh, for sure. it is. It really is. Yeah, so that card is really fun. You're supposed to literally touch the two cards together and say, is the head of my creature above the bar in this art yeah see that's the kind of game that i want to play yeah where you have to sit there and get out your magnifying glass oh yeah. okay okay get out your ruler oh you wow. to do like, like, this with the castle amigos challenge playing oh this. goodness that's a great idea yeah. sounds like we need to do I, a I would play also a bad idea at the sound- <laughs> i would play that game sounds like we need to do a four-player draft Casamigos challenge the four of us i'm free all week oh okay okay all right, we'll, have, we'll find a babysitter and draft Unfinity, I guess. If you open up any shock lands, though, I get them. We'll see. Look at these shock lands, though. If you scroll all the way down, you can see some of these beautiful shock lands, which personally I think is really what's going to be the driving force behind selling these. Right, it's all 10 shock lands, and they are the f- full art shock lands, and they are amazing. And these things are pre-selling and selling at some crazy dollars. So in our case, right... If we look at if we look at some of the prices on these things already, I very much expected these shocklands to be the most expensive, which I you know because they're what's really going to drive the price. The cheapest one right now is thirty dollars. Ooh, which right? one is that? Uh, that is Temple Garden, but still, still also a gorgeous land. It just so happens to be Selesnya is not really a color paired that's too popular right now. I guess it's also the one that you're least required to have like good lands because it's in green. So not a big deal, but all of these lands are just absolutely gorgeous. I wish I had a whole play set of them. I really like all the art. It's really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, the space art is really neat. Obviously you're going to have your traditional magic, you know, like old school magic people. They're like, this doesn't have anything to do with magic, but to my mind, you know, I've talked to this, I've talked with Tim about this. Magic is a infinite plane you know, there's infinite universes. Who says there isn't a plane where there is a space attraction? You know what I mean? 
same it was the same idea with the warhammer decks how do we know and like D, how do we know that they're not in the same universe right warhammer only happens in a single galaxy our galaxy who's to say that there isn't a plane out there like the warhammer universe isn't adjacent to the magic plane or one of the planes of magic you know what i mean i really want to go to a carnival now <laughs> out of all of that that's what you get to <laughs> All right, I appreciate that. Well, I don't know how much more I have to add on these. I, Like I said, I don't think I'm going to be playing any of these. If I do, it's going to be because it, there's a specific deck that really is going to benefit from that ability. Right? Like, for example, Saw in Half. That doesn't have attractions, that doesn't have tickets, that doesn't have any of this other crazy stuff on it, right? So, like, that is a... I think... a why was that in an unset, right? Why didn't we put that into a standard set kind of thing? I get it, right? It's sawing somebody in half. It makes sense. But I don't know. I am I feel weird that some of these cards are standard legal. Does that does that make sense? Like, yeah. Nikki, Nikki, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it makes sense, um, what you're trying to say. I think some of these cards would be really good as just random cards in your random deck, like that clown card being in your vehicle deck. I think that's a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. but i think maybe they were just trying to make just like this big really cool set and maybe they just decided we're going to make some of these legal because they're going to sell better because people can actually put them in other decks and they're more versatile i think it's smart to do that yeah i mean it's always good to add and this is a good question that leads into a follow-up topic right like do you feel like there has been product fatigue we have had so many new cards come out this year that are all eternal legal to the point that like even in the joke set we are getting eternally legal cards do you think magic can sustain putting out this much new usable product year after year have they been putting out more oh yeah in the past oh yeah way more i mean if there's unlimited if there is unlimited creativity there's no problem Mm -hmm. yeah that's the problem is eventually you might reach a plateau and you got all your good ideas out in one year and now suddenly people have these high expectations that you're going to be releasing all these different themed decks and you're out of ideas mm-hmm. so, so i can a, see so it's actually said. funny like players overall like on the internet and things like that i think feel a bit of fatigue in the fact that it's really hard to keep up right with all of this new stuff so yeah, there was there, there was there was a period a couple weeks ago where we had three new sets spoiled back to back to back, which typically a spoiler season is every couple of months. Granted, it's the reason that these things happened recently was because there was some product delays and, you know, issues with shipping and things like that, whatever. But still, like, that's a lot. Right. And we're already getting cards for the next set. Like, how how does a magic player, Nikki, how would you as a magic player keep up? with all of this stuff coming out get a second job i guess (laughs) (laughs) that's not it just sounds very expensive if they're if they're just continuously coming out with all these cards if you really wanted to keep buying all of them and Mm -hmm. keep up with them yeah that's it gets expensive very quickly absolutely that would be my biggest concern yeah yeah well one of the fandoms i guess i don't know i'm into um they're having a lot coming out this october a lot a lot and they just keep adding to it and adding to it it's been overwhelming um financially and emotionally for me (laughs) because i like it all so um i just have to be really picky about okay what am i actually going to use of this and then looking at 
is this going to have a good resale value? And a lot of the stuff does, which is good. And can I trade things instead of um, buying them off of people? So I really think about a lot of different factors, but I'm kind of looking forward to it being November because then we'll go back to like our regular every week release instead of like three a week that they're doing right now. Um, but I have to check every day and it's, it's a lot. So I understand what you're saying, Chris. Yeah, it, it the very much is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I am a big fan of, uh, spoiler season. It's a lot of fun, right? Like you get to see all the new stuff that they come up with. You get to see new designs and things like that. But yeah, I mean, eventually a lot of, there are times they do reprint, right? That's typically when you have a master set or, a uh, or double masters or a modern masters, all of those are reprints because all the cards that are in those set are expensive and people want them and they're hard to get. So they try to reprint them. Right. So do you remember the double masters that came out this year, Nikki? I might need you to refresh my memory. Okay. Do you remember? It's one of the times Tim came over here to open up some cards. Again, you're not narrowing it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So that set was all reprints. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. But like, I might remember. I'm sure you probably do. I'm sure Tim talked about them. Yeah, I was probably there when he was opening it with you. Actually, you know what? I think Double Masters was the one we actually opened up separately. Oh. Yeah, it was. Oh, it that was when we were on podcast. vacation. Yeah, yeah, that's when I was on vacation and Tim was like, I can't wait. I think, didn't he just jump in the Discord and he was like, I'm just going to open these. Yeah, pretty much. Yet. He didn't promote it at all. He was just like, I'm just going to go ahead and open them. He was just impatient. I... Can you blame him? No, that was actually a really good set. Yeah. I have a comment. Um, in your interview with Ethan from the last episode, or I guess it'll be two episodes ago. No, last episode. For this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one just came out. Okay. So in your last episode where you interviewed Ethan, you mentioned that he was designing the set that's coming out now during the pandemic. So I'm wondering if the reason why everything is coming out now is that everybody was working remotely and... But they got more work done. Some people do when they're working remotely. And so now everything is finally no. coming out. No, you don't think so? No, it's very much because Hasbro, the owner of Wizards of the Coast, has said they need to double their profits in the next five years. Wow. So they're just putting out tons of product. I mean, no offense to Wizards. Like, they're getting that directive. And I'm, I mean, we're getting lots of really cool cards. But it's pretty clear that that push by Hasbro was very likely what's driving a lot of this new stuff. So sorry, <laughs> sorry. I to... made a very enlightened connection. Apparently, no, it's no, it's 100%, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's very much a business. Cut, you can just cut that all out. No, I'm gonna leave it all. In. <laughs> snip, snip. <clears throat> so next, we're gonna start talking about remote workers versus going back into the office. Oh boy, I'm kidding. I don't want to talk about that. Well, actually, that's a really good segue, Nikki. Was there was there anything else you guys wanted to cover? From the Unfinity set, any final last words? I think it's a pretty, I mean, it looks fun. I feel like it'd be a lot of fun to draft. I feel like it'd be a lot of fun for a sealed event. But I'm not going out of my way to get these cards. You know what I mean? Because they just, it, it's cool, it's unique. Maybe I'll buy one or two of them to fit into some random deck just because it just fits the theme or fits the unit so well. But, like, I'm not going to build an attraction deck. I have no desire to build an attraction deck. If you want to build an attraction deck and play against me, sure. I, I have no problem with it. It's it's one of those, you know, you do commanders meant for fun, right? You, you play what you want to play. Don't let me interfere with that. But I'm not going to do it. I think it's a really cool set. I think it's beautifully designed and really funny. 
Like, I did not expect to be laughing so much reading the cards. They're really funny. They are. Sounds like I got to get Evie some cards. This will be your first deck. Oh, uh-huh. Effie's going to build an attraction deck. No, he made me a cat dog one and even sleeved it in pink. And then I played it one time. No, it's sleeved in corgis. Oh, that's cute, actually. Oh, I like that. You got pink, too, though. What, the box those... is pink. Oh. Yeah, the box that. is pink and the cards have corgis on them. It's so cute. And you played it once. Well, you play it. I do. <laughs> anyway. In honor of me. In honor of Evie. That's right. Anyway, segue anti-sponsor you guys know how this works we like to pick something that we don't like and uh kind of discuss it for a little bit you know what nikki as the guest of honor today what is something that you are not a fan of i'm not going to say what you expect me to say what what did you think i was expecting you to say because i said something about remote workers earlier so i think you expect me to say something about that but i'm not here's here's what i hate and i'm sorry because i'm i might anger a lot of people but the mullet is coming back. Have you seen this? A lot of people have mullets now, and I'm not a fan. Hmm. I have seen very interesting hairstyles. Like, Evie and I were looking at pictures on Facebook of, like, my cousin, who's, like, their kids are just, like, in high school. And I'm just like, what are you doing? I mean, we are very much sounding like old old people right now. Oh, for sure. Because I'm also a very big proponent of, like do whatever you want like wear your hair however you like it wear whatever pants you want to wear i just i don't know i'm just not a fan of the mullet i know i just contradicted my own (laughs) sponsor no i mean you can be like you do you but yeah i do not personally find that attractive and that's fine yeah like if you want to get a mullet my opinion really doesn't matter but just know that i don't like it every single member of our community that has a mullet now is going to stop listening to this podcast nikki I'm sorry, just skip my episode then. No, no, this is going to be extremely, it's going to have millions of downloads. This is going to be the most downloaded episode ever. Probably, honestly. Well, maybe I'll start a movement of anti-mullets. The anti-mullet movement? It's just long hair, like long emo hair in the front and then just buzzed in the back. Oh God, the (laughs) anti-mullet. Oh God. That sounds worse, actually. Oh Oh I'd my rather God. get a mullet. Just <laughs> I'd rather the party be in the back. Party, leave the party in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Keep there should not be any no party in the front. Business no. in the front. Always business in the front. Always business in the front. All right. We don't we don't need to be Fallout Boy in the front and John Cena in the back. That's <laughs> that's not what we need. Just consider another haircut. Yeah. Like any other. Yeah, like literally kind of anything else. I feel like it'd be hard to maintain also. There's like a lot going on there. An the anti mullet or the regular or the mullet? mullet? The regular mullet. I mean it's just you just comb it up. It's not that bad. Get a get a get a light buzz in the front every once in a while, comb the back. Yeah, I think you have roll. to keep this watch the sides too. Yeah. Because if the sides start to grow and you like kinda let them grow. I wonder what that transitionary period looks like actually. Probably fluffy. If you decide you no longer want it. Uh you'd probably just straight buzz. Yeah, that's true. Just start over. Yeah, I feel like as a guy, one of the nice things I can do is just buzz my head and not worry about it. I mean, I could buzz my head. That's true. I'm not going to, but I could. You could. If I wanted to. That's that's empowering me. But I won't. Very Ladies can do whatever we want with our hair. Yeah. That's right. I fully support it. Evie, if you mm-hmm. want to shave your head, go for it. Nikki, if you want to shave your head, you have to ask him. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no. I will not ask him. 
Okay, fair enough. I'm just, just going to do it. Now su- I feel like I have to do it. Yeah, you should surprise him when he comes back from work. Oh, my God. I can't. You should do the reverse mullet. <laughs> you know what I can because I'm growing my bangs out, so I've got I've got the length. There you go. Look at that. Look that, at that. That's a party right there. It sure is. That's a party. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, thank you two ladies for joining on to the episode today. I hope you had fun discussing the unset. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening if you got this far. Yeah, and that's I'm true. sorry. And you're your sorry. Ears. Sorry to your ears. Thanks. Thanks for making it all the way to the end with us, but also sorry that if you had to. Sorry that you made it all the way to the end with us. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, but also sorry. So which which one do you guys want to do the plugs? Put the recording in. I'm not gonna say it. Oh, it's more fun I live. Say, I don't I don't have well, it memorized. No, 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 Fine. All right. And now we have a wonderful recording of Evie doing the plugs because she doesn't want to say them out loud again. Thank you for listening to Casual Commander. Give us a follow on Facebook and Twitter for weekly magic content. We also have a Discord and Patreon, so be sure to check those out as well. Links can be found at casualcommanderpodcast.com. See you next week. Thank you, Evie, for recording that several weeks ago and not wanting to repeat it. You're so welcome. What's the point of recording it if she has to keep repeating it? I'm happy to not repeat that anytime. How would you guys like to go to a concert and someone just goes up on stage and hits play on an iPod? It's the same. I'm sorry. Isn't that what a lot of DJs are doing? Yeah, exactly. And it's not right. But let's say you're going to a Taylor Swift concert Mm -hmm. and Taylor Swift doesn't show up, but there's just some dude with an iPod that hits play on the stage. Chris, iPod? What year is it? They don't even make those anymore. That's true. They don't make the iPod anymore. All right. That does it for us this week from Casual Commander. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Until next time, I'm Chris. I'm Nikki. And I am Glitter and Biggin Flitter. And this is Casual Commander. We love you.